We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Speaking of time, it is also time for MHI. Every Wednesday night, Thomas Hall and yours truly, Luke Patterson. We chalk it up with Broncos country here at Mile High Huddle. Mile High Insiders, every 6 p.m. Mountain Wednesday night, you'll find us right here. We've got a huge show to get into. But before we do, a huge congratulations. We were just talking about our very own Nick Kendall. Congratulations to the Kendall family and the uh, birth of a new beautiful baby, man. Becoming a, a, a parent is the best feeling in the world. I absolutely love it. And many blessings to the Kendall family. Definitely. Yeah, it is it is a blessing, man. I I love kids and uh, it's uh, it's a tiring time uh, when they're really small, but it's still wonderful. It's always wonderful, just like it's wonderful wrapping football with you guys here every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Mountain. And hey, Pastor Tan, all pro two years in a row. We're going to get into that. We had some huge news in the NFL and college football world that we've got to wrap today. But before we do, our very own DVA coming in here. Sup, Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms. And please subscribe if you have not done so already. In addition to Dylan's work where you could read about his latest and final power ranking. See where the Denver Broncos stack up. It's over at milehighhuddle.com. And a huge congratulations. We're starting the show off. We're giving some love. DVA. We got to give Dylan Von Ark some love. Welcome to the podcasting brethren. I'm so excited to have you on Saturday nights with Ron White taking over for Tom. Tom's got his hands in so many projects here at milehighhuddle.com. His other two pods, six pods. We had to take something away from Tom. We finally (laughs) did. We're excited to have Dylan, man. You're going to do great. Every Saturday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, check him and Ron White out for OBV. That's Orange and Blue View. Dylan, congrats, man. You worked hard. You deserve it. Super proud of you. Can't wait to see you this Saturday night. David coming in. Good evening, everybody. It's going to be hard, but we need to. Not unless we get a great deal. Go younger, stronger, faster, and smarter. And David weighing in already on his Broncos offseason predictions, plans. Sean Payton, George Payton, the Walton ownership group, Greg Penner, spoke yesterday at team headquarters. We're going to get into that. We have a ton of Broncos to talk, a ton of football to talk. But before we do, Michael Brinquillo is coming in fast and furious. What's up, Mike? Good evening, Thomas and Luke on the Mile High Insiders and Go Broncos. Mike, we look forward to wrapping football with you every Wednesday night, man. And you are a huge supporter on every pod, every night. Uh, let's say what's up to Gage, man. It's been a minute. What's Gage. up, Gage? Hopefully the holidays treated you and yours very well, man. It's good to see you. Give Gage a follow over on social media as well. He's one of our friends. He's a good guy. He knows football. He loves football. He will talk Broncos with you for sure. Uh, Kevin Gray coming in here as well. Kevin's been supporting the show for a long time, saying good evening. 
Thomas, Luke, and Scott. Big mile high salute to Broncos country. And, of course, Kevin knows, Broncos country knows, PS2, a second straight all-pro for cornerback Pat Sertan, the second. I am so thrilled for the young man. I'm not surprised. I will toot my own horn. I was one of the guys that was thrilled when Pat Sertan was drafted to the Denver Broncos. I said this would happen. I hoped it would happen. Sometimes <laughs> the stars actually align every once in a while. I'm right. Pastor Tan, look, he's generational talent. The scouting community, those, the real ones, right, as the kids would say, the real ones, the real ones knew. And it's no surprise here that Pastor Tan is considered elite, and he's getting some props from the league with these all-pro honors for a second straight year, Tom. Yeah, I mean, he deserves it. He's a great player. Uh, and, you know, you don't – we're going to talk about, you know, potentially uh, – everybody's talking about it. You trade uh, Sertan to get a quarterback and all of that. We'll get into that. But, you you know, it it's hard to find players who are that good. It's hard – it's even harder to draft players and keep them on your team. You know, it is a difficult a difficult task. And, you know, he's already shown that he's an impact player and uh, one of the best – at what he does. So it's, uh, it's worth it. You know, it's, it's, it's cool to see. And uh, it's worth it as Broncos fans to be able to uh, tune in and just watch him play. If you like, that's, you know, if you like to watch a good cornerback play anyway. Yeah. If you like football, if you know football, if you, yeah, if you appreciate football, you understand what this is for Pastor Tan. Uh, if you're a casual fan, that's fine. There's no problem with that. I appreciate that. Welcome. I, I hate the certain sports out there, Tom, that I feel like are very exclusive. And I don't care. I'm just going to say it. I don't care who I offend. Hockey guy, I'm talking about you. It's like, ah, if you unless you didn't grow up watching hockey or whatever, you can't come <laughs> in and watch hockey. That's fine. I get it. Hockey is a very impressive sport. But no, man, welcome. Welcome. But you're exactly right. I think quarterback is obviously always going to be debated. It's the most important position in sports. But Justin Fields, no thank you. Pastor Tan, hello. And uh, yeah, huge congratulations to Pastor Tan. Kathy, Kathy, one of our own coming in all the way from Germany saying, I'm happy to catch you live, Thomas and Luke. Good morning from Germany to you all. Please, please say that <laughs> Russell Wilson will not be back. Tom, what did you make of Sean Payton and George Payton's comments about Russell Wilson yesterday? Coach Sean Payton talked about him and said, uh, quote, I spent half an hour with Russell Wilson yesterday, and I told him, I said, look, I don't think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process, but it hasn't been decided relative to what our plans are. Well, you know, most of that uh, press conference when they were asked about Russell Wilson was just damage control. They know they got themselves in a little bit of trouble when they, uh, you know, threatened to bench him for uh, the season if he didn't change his contract. So they're trying to distance themselves or at least trying to distance the coach from any of those decisions. And, you know, he has to say that kind of stuff. But, you know, that the writing's on the wall. The, he, Sean Payton does not want Russell Wilson as his quarterback. He would, if he did, he wouldn't have put Jared Stidham in there. So from my perspective, it's, it's going to happen. He's going to get released and he's going to move on somewhere else. It's just a matter of time when they make that decision. Zach coming in, Luke, the next great talent evaluator. Don't know what he's seen in PS2 as a prospect. Oh, good fun. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Zach? Thanks for joining the show, man. No, I have a lot of fun with it, Tom. So do you. We love football. We love scouting. We love just being around it. It's a sport that we've fallen in love with, and it's something I don't think I'll ever not love. I'll never not want to watch or be around it in some way. Uh, I love it. I love scouting. I've been to the Senior Bowl. I've been to the Shrine Bowl. I've covered it for years here at Mile High Huddle. Um, Pastor Tan, man, he's just huge tip of the cap to him. But George Payton got that one right, folks. You yeah. got to say, George Payton, I think, got that one right. Of course, it's debatable, but uh, I'm surprised that Sean seems to be giving George a little bit of a pass. What do yeah. I mean by that? I don't know that George Payton is going anywhere, right? There are reports that came out last week. You can read about them over at MHH.com uh, suggesting that George Payton was safe. Sean Payton came out a couple of days ago, Tom, and said he wants to take a week off. He's just finishing writing the offseason calendar. He splits the year into two halves. Once that's done, he's out of here. The staff's out of here. Then they're going to come back. 
I believe some of these conversations have already happened. That's why he said almost as much when he says, oh, I talk to George and Greg and Carrie daily. Um, I, I think that George is coming back. And I think that w- Sean Payton has shown some grace to George Payton and a huge expensive mistake. However, I think George Payton did get some things right. Pastor Tan, home run. I, I mean, that's the that's what you're truly attaching yourself to if you're George Payton. Quinn Miners, very good player, starting guard. One of the best, if not best, alignment on the team right now, Tom. That That's debatable as well. Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper, need I go on? There are plenty of mistakes for George Payton. But, Tom, are you surprised that Sean has shown the grace to George Payton that he has or the grace that I think he will, especially after locking down Russ to such a lucrative deal. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised. I thought certain heads were going to roll and I think they would have rolled already if they were going to, right? I think uh, George Payton would have been gone already had they had made that decision and maybe they're going to wait a little while and do it uh, later. Another one was Vance Joseph. I'm surprised that he's not been let go either because he had a, a pretty rough go as a defensive coordinator. So It'll be, I don't know if they've, you know, if this is a final, these are decisions are final, but they, it seems like everybody's kind of coming back, including George Payton, who you're right. That was a, a huge mistake that is going to cost this team. If they release Russell Wilson, it's going to cost this team two years, probably of rebuild that uh, they're going to be missing out on because of that contract. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Conga Hydra coming in saying, what about Pastor Tan and Micah Parsons? Conga, I actually had Micah Parsons ahead of Pastor Tan. I wanted the Broncos to get him. He was my first choice, Pastor Tan number two. So I went defense in that draft, Tom. I'm I'm a sucker for defense, right? We're giving Nick Kendall all kinds of credit and love to his family. Um, he will be the first to tell you. I love linebackers. I love edge rushers. I, I love it, man. I just love defense. So I am a sucker for defense, Conga. You're exactly right. But Look, the Broncos are going on a quarterback hunt, folks. We we know this. We know that Jarrett Stidham's coming back. He's likely the starter. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Uh, but I think all eyes in terms of quarterback, Tom, are moving ahead to the draft. You just saw the national championship game. Right around the corner from that is always the combine, the senior bowl, the shrine bowl, these off-season talent evaluation landmarks that we see every year. But it's really Caleb Williams. It's Drake May. It's Jaden Daniels. It's Michael Penix Jr. Uh, Bo Nix. J.J. McCarthy. I mean, 
it's a little early for me to just go out and say the Broncos need this guy. I'm not quite sure yet. I do like Jaden Daniels from LSU quite a bit. So do a lot of other teams. Tom, it's fairly simple. If the Broncos want to move up and get a quarterback in the first round, they're going to have to move to within the top 10, possibly the top five. Pastor Tan, you're probably on the move. Well, if they want to move up and grab one of them quarterbacks, they have to have some sort of trade bait, and he is the only trade bait that they have. I mean, they don't have anybody else that's going to give net them enough to be able to trade up into that. Not even close. Not no, I'm easy on close, Tom. And whether whether or not I think it's a smart move or not doesn't matter. If they if they need if they think they need to get one of those quarterbacks, he's their only really chess piece to play with. Even though I still have a hard time getting rid of a player of his caliber at a premium position for a chance of drafting somebody that could or could not pan out. That's that's the only problem I have. It's all a risk. I think you got to swing for the fences. And I think that if you're in Sean Payton, you've got that luxury. What a luxury, right? The owner isn't a hard ass. He's saying, okay, like figure it out. Here's some more resources. Now, is that reckless? Is it irresponsible? That's debatable. I think you can have that conversation. But when resources aren't the problem, I would venture to say Sean Payton is in a very luxurious position, as is George Jeremy Sean weighing in real quick. Uh, the keeping of George Payton tells us two things. He wasn't the catalyst behind the Russell Wilson contract decision, and he's willing to execute Sean Payton's wishes without the problem. Jeremy, that's an interesting take. I don't know who would have been uh, the quote-unquote catalyst in that. I think that George was trying to be ahead of the times. I think he was trying to think very progressive and, and, and get ahead of, of the contract situation and where it's always going with quarterbacks, which is only one place, Tom it's up. <laughs> the contract number is always going up for quarterbacks because they are harder and harder to find. Their value is always increasing. So Jeremy, in terms of executing Sean Payton's wishes, I think that is understood uh, as soon as Sean Payton took the interview here at Denver. Tom, we, we know who's calling the shots over there. I think it's interesting that George Payton dove on the sword again, two years in a row. George Payton's diving on some swords and uh, he's diving on the sword saying I was the one that went to Russ and I believe him. I, I do believe him. I think Sean was dealing with the coaching thing and probably wanted to move on, but was willing to play it out with Russ either or the Broncos need to fight a quarterback, Tom. How in the hell do they do that? They've never done it. I know. I know. I know odds aren't in their favor. But we've got to try one of these guys, Tom. I mean, six quarterbacks, arguably, in the first round of the 2024 draft. You get third rounders, fourth rounders every year. And we're getting ready to have an exciting NFL playoff time with some lesser known quarterbacks, even some old dogs out there. Tom, we got to throw some darts at the board. We got to try to get a QB in Denver. Well, you have to take a swing, but, uh, you know, it's probably three of those quarterbacks aren't going to pan out of those six, you know, based on history. So maybe even four, right? Yeah, I mean, it might be higher. You know, it's, it's a tough decision, especially when you're going to get rid of, you know, a premium player that at a premium position that you already know is a, you know, an impact player for a chance. And I, I, I still don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to trade. Here's why I don't think they're going to trade up this draft to go get a quarterback this year or at least trade a bunch of, uh, you know, or at least Pats or Tan or try and, you know, get a bunch of draft capital in order to do it. It's because they have so many holes on this team go going forward that a quarterback's not going to fix it this year. You know, I don't care if you get the number one draft choice and you draft a quarterback. It's not, they've got, they're losing several starters and are probably going to have to get rid of a few more starters just to get themselves under the cap. So you've got that problem to deal with. And are they willing to trade a bunch of draft capital with all of these holes? They only have six draft picks right now. Are they going to? Are they willing to trade all of that capital to move up to get a quarterback when it's you know they really have got so many other holes to fill? And I know the biggest hole is the quarterback, but at the same time, you know that's not going to fix it right now. Maybe they fell in love with a quarterback and they're just like we're all in on this this quarterback. Not yet. Go I get think him. you're. I think you're jumping the gun just a little bit, my friend. I really do. Two weeks ago, you're like, Sean better have a plan. Sean doesn't know the plan. We don't even know who's returning. I think you may see changes like you always do at the coaching staff. Let's go to the most basic rudimentary level of this whole thing with Sean Payton. 
I think you could look at maybe, an, I'm not saying a new defensive coordinator, but some new defensive assistants, maybe some new offensive assistants, maybe new play caller. I don't know. I, I You just don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Vance Joseph got a couple looks. I really wouldn't. Would I hire him again as a head coach? No. I don't think you and I have been thrilled with his work, and I've got the stats here. We spit them out every week. They're not good, okay? They're not good. Um in fact, it's lessened when you look at last year to this year and where the defense was at. Phil McLaughlin look coming in hot. Thank you for the support, Phil, here on MHI. Good evening, Thomas, Luke, and Scott. The Wilson deal was an absolute jinx. First Nathaniel Hackett, and now Pete Carroll. <laughs> Give me a tight end. Hashtag Buckham. News of the day, Phil coming in. A couple headlines in, in yeah. short time, Tom. Pete Carroll's out. As head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, it's being reported that he will have some sort of role with the team. Uh, I saw some sort of reports also suggesting that he lobbied really hard to still be the head coach at the ripe age of 72. Hmm. And while Pete Carroll is trying to fight for his job that they took away, Nick Saban said, I'm done. <laughs> That's right, folks. Nick Saban, Alabama. Yeah. University of Alabama. He's out after seven national championships electing to retire. Tom, what a day, man. What a day. Yeah. PS2, we're getting all pro honors. I'm thinking, there's our headline for MHI. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Pete Carroll out as Seahawks head coach. Nick Saban retiring. Coach Prime, please stay in Boulder. I do not need you going to Alabama or wearing Crimson Tide. <laughs> I was surprised with Pete Carroll. I mean, he's he's been their best coach pretty much in the history of the I don't like Pete Carroll one bit. I don't like him at all, <laughs> but I gotta give him credit for being a, a solid coach. And frankly, he's the only coach that actually has gotten the most out of Russell Wilson. I don't think Sean Payton did, and I don't think uh, and I know Hackett didn't. So I mean, you gotta give him some props for what he did in Seattle and then to I don't know the why they want to get rid of him. He, he had a pretty decent season with Geno Smith, two of them actually. And now all of a sudden it's like, Hey, see you later. We're going to go uh, find a different head coach. It's a strange move. I don't know. They it's might, a strange. They they're around him a lot more than we are. Right. That's the hard thing when we're at this vantage point, as you well know, covering this game for many years, it's just right. We speculate. I mean, 72, that's a ripe old age. Nick Saban, 72 also. I mean, you know, who's not 72. Tom, you know who's not 72? Bill Belichick. He's right <laughs> on the cusp at 71 as the world waits and wonders what's the future of the New England Patriots. Is Bill Belichick still in as head coach? It's it's crazy when you look at some of these head coaching vacancies right now, Tom. Uh, Lawrence Rivera coming in. Why can't the Broncos do what teams need to do? It's like they try to deflect until fans quiet down, and here we are, even worst position it's like when someone trying to convince you they're smart and have a plan when they don't yeah. uh lawrence man I, I see some hostility there usually very optimistic my guy and i'm a little confused why i think the broncos need some time i think it's good of sean payton right now to say we need a break we need to go on a break come back in a week um you know sean's gonna go on vacation don't be surprised if you see some pictures of it somewhere right sean likes the party tom uh, <laughs> it's but you know like don't be surprised too when super bowl is coming up here in just a few weeks and guys are going on radio row details come out of russ versus sean what happened this season that's going to continue Right. But I think getting these guys on breaks is good. I think trying to formulate a plan right now is a must have. But I did appreciate this, Lawrence. And maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. I'd, I'd love to hear about it. We'll give you another shout out. Tom, curious your opinion. I thought Sean Payton took a lot of accountability at the press conference the other day. I like Sean Payton. I want him here. Um, the buck stops with him. And it was not good enough. When you look at an eight and nine finish, third in the AFC West, that is an improvement from five and 12, last place in the AFC West. But Sean's not bringing that up. He's not even, you could tell it embarrasses him what he's done, uh, what this team has done, the theatrics, the way the team has finished, the headlines for all the wrong reasons dating back since training camp. And I thought Sean Payton seemed very measured. I thought he seemed genuine. I do understand Sean rubs people the wrong way. I love the guy. I think he's going to do the right thing. But ultimately, Tom, 
eight and nine. It's not not good enough. Not even close. Well, first of all, he's really good at saying a lot without saying much at all. So it's hard to tell if he's being genuine or taking responsibility for anything. But let's just, you, you said eight and nine. Let's just, <laughs> that's a three game improvement from the worst coaching job in NFL history come from uh, Sean Payton's own mouth. That's not good enough. That wasn't even close to good enough, especially when you see you've got a Houston team with a new coach who had a seven game improvement and an Indianapolis Colts team that had a five game improvement with a backup quarterback for 13 of those games. That's not even close to good enough. However, however, it was the first time since what, 2016 that this team ever had a heartbeat? I mean, oh, like, well, yeah. I mean, they put up a that, fight for a while. <laughs> that was, the, you're right. You're right. And I'm not making excuses either. And when you look at it, um, yeah, it just it's tough and it's going to be tough this weekend, right? When we're watching playoff football, be sure that your friends have your back this weekend, just like our friends over at Little Caesars have our back. Guys, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your playoff game day. Guys, playoffs, it's here Saturday and Sunday. I can't wait. Little Caesars, I will have it here at the crib with the game on. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Saturday or Sunday. Get ready for some football. Get ready for some fun. And choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Uh uh, any any of it's good, man. I, I'm I'm having pizza tonight, so uh, pepperoni yeah. pepperoni pizza tonight. Uh, and speaking of winning, anyone score, everyone scores with convenient delivery or in store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy some slices during the game. Mm, speaking of friends, our guy Ty Y is weighing in with a four ninety nine super. Appreciate you, Ty. You don't trade Pastor Tan for anything. It's still a rookie contract, and he's the best corner in the league. I don't need another jersey guard. <laughs> oh, Ty, you're bringing up old stuff, getting me upset. Uh, I told my wife finally. She got so mad the other day at the one of Russ's last games, whenever the hell that was, right? It feels like 10 years ago now. And she takes off the jersey, and she just leaves it on the, <laughs> on the sectional for me to look at for like six days who was counting right like you got to do something with this i apologized for weeks for buying that damn thing i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know right who knew uh but listen ty why i feel you right he is the best corner in the league you brought him here he's yours you've you've got that special connection however you need compensation if you're going to go draft a quarterback period I do think Sean Payton's going to want one of these guys. I have no clue which one he wants. I'm not going to pretend. I don't even know which of the guys I like. Hell, it may not even be a first rounder, Tom. I'm not afraid to say I like a guy in the mid rounds, even the third round, still a premium selection in the draft. Uh, here's where I take exception to this, Ty. Pastor Tan wants to get paid. I assure you of that. I could tell you Pastor Tan is very particular with his dealings in the media. He is very well thought of. He is treated with a lot of respect. He is given a lot of privilege and a lot of freedom as he's earned it, Tom. He's also going to want to earn a big contract. He should feel that he has earned a big contract. Ty, you got to know that's coming down the pike. What's that going to look like with cap restrictions? Tom's been screaming at me about that for months now. You know, you got deals coming up, man. You don't even realize. Yeah, Russ, boo Russ. He's the worst thing ever. We got deals coming up. You think Quinn Miners wants to stick around? Who's going to be your center? Lloyd Cushenberry, right? A decent enough player. Do you want to attach him to your franchise? What's it going to look like for those guys, let alone an elite second consecutive year cornerback who was an all pro? I, I mean, that guy's not going to take a team friendly deal. Why would you? Does, does he want to stay in Denver? I mean, these are questions that the Broncos have to be asking themselves right now. Here's the here's the thing though. If you you pay your elite players at premium positions, Quinn Miners is an, seems to me like he's bordering elite now. But he's at a guard. That's no, the person you let go. No, you let Tom. that guard position go. You pay your cornerback. You pay your quarterbacks. You pay your edge rushers, especially the ones that you You're brought right. up yourself. You don't yeah. let him go. And here's the, here's the thing. Even if you did get a premium package that you could move up to the top ten and get a quarterback, the probability of that quarterback becoming an impact player, which is being a person that goes to a, 
gets an all pro, at least a pro bowl is 0.27. That's a small probability. It's one hand, one bird in hand and two in the bush kind of thing. You're going to get rid of an elite player at an elite position for a chance to get a quarterback. I know you need one, but those are the things you got to think about. Is it really worth getting rid of PS two for a chance at a quarterback when you could sign him and let some of these other players walk, even though it would hurt minors. You let him walk. You trade bowls. You trade Simmons. That's how you get better and younger. That. You don't get rid of your young talent. That's going to be the nucleus of this team, because if you do, then you're going to have a quarterback with nobody around him. That's all right. That's all right. We need that around here, right? We've been saying <laughs> we got everything for two years. We've got nothing. Another losing season, right? They didn't even finish with a 500 record, a winning record. I mean, it's a good thing they've gone streaking still. The Broncos love to go streaking, and they're still streaking <laughs> against the Raiders, right? They're still streaking with losing seasons. And our guy Lawrence, he's coming in here streaking love. Uh, would you guys trade Russ for Dak? It's the only out that would benefit both teams. That's not happening, Lawrence. Doesn't matter if I'd want to do it. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Send us Dak Prescott. Um, I don't love Dak either. If I'm just being completely honest, shocker, he's gonna choke this this couple weeks, maybe even this week. He, it's gonna happen. We watch it happen all the time. Now, is it Dak or is it the Cowboys? Debatable. I think the Cowboys and Jerry Jones and his meddling and everything else, he can't get out of his own way, which is why players go there, and that's almost like purgatory. That's NFL purgatory. The Dallas Cowboys, period. End of story. Sure. Could Dak Prescott come to Denver? I, I would have loved him to be here, Larry, but the problem was he slept in. Remember when he missed his flight to Denver, Tom? Way back when in the NFL draft. Did you ever hear that story? I don't recall that story. Yeah, I missed his flight. Pro day. And John Elway really liked Dak Prescott Yeah, in his talent evaluation. Instead of Dak Prescott, if you remember, Denver Broncos got Paxton Lynch, Lawrence. <laughs> and look how that turned out. The rest is history. As the Denver Broncos continue to search for their quarterback, we continue to wrap Broncos NFL news of the day. Pastor Tan, second straight All-Pro honors. Um, and we just continue to figure out how did the Broncos fix this quarterback situation? I hate to bring this up, Tom. I hate to do it, but it's, it's what bad media, bad journalism. However you want to say it. If I don't, you got to play devil's advocate. I got to play devil's advocate at times. That's the, the responsibility of this platform. Sean Payton did no matter how minimum it was. Leave the door open for Russell Wilson to return to the Denver Broncos, Tom. We know he had to say that. In a perfect world, Russ's feelings don't get hurt. Sean Payton's feelings don't get hurt. They figure out a way to make it work. Is that possible? Is there any possibility that Sean and Russ mend the fences? They could mend the fences, but the problem is, is Sean Payton doesn't want to tweak his offense far enough to accommodate Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson can't play in his offense the way Sean Payton wants to play. So the marriage isn't going to work. Nobody, they're not willing to, they aren't able to meet in the middle, right? They, they just can't because neither one of them want to commit all the way. Well, and Russell Wilson can't, he just, he has li he has limitations in certain areas of the field. He has limitations it's the way it is. And, and Sean Payton, I don't think wants to have, to tweak doesn't want to have to tweak his offense so much that it accommodates Russell Wilson's abilities to their fullest. So it's just not going to work. So he's gone. I, I just think he's gone. I don't, there, there's no reason to keep him around. If you're replacing him with Jarrett Stidham, because you, you know, for whatever reason, <laughs> if you think it's, you take him at his word and say, it's because he gave you the best chance to win, then there's no way you keep Russell Wilson around. We saw Stidham. We saw Stidham play. He's not very good. He's not going to be the future of this team. And for and frankly, he took seven sacks in two games. Everybody's bitching about Russell Wilson taking all these sacks. If you, I mean, I know it's a small sample size, but if you uh, put that over 17 seasons, it's almost 60 sacks. So, you know, there's there's limitations to Stidham's game. And so it's like, you, there you are know, the, the, all the moves that they've made just points to the fact that Sean Payton does not want Russell Wilson as his quarterback, he's going to move on and they're going to take a massive cap hit for it. And they're just going to keep on, uh, keep on trudging along. And he, and they better hope that they get very lucky in this upcoming draft because they have 
tons of holes to fill, and they're not going to be able to really do it in free agency. Mm. Filling holes, man. The Denver Broncos, it feels like they always have holes to figure out. Now, quarterback, that was supposed to be figured out, right? We were supposed to be having this conversation two years in a row. And here we are. Phil McLaughlin coming back in. I just figured it out. The Seattle Seahawks got the best of the deal. And now they get Russell Wilson back, and we are paying him. What a deal. Uh, crazier things than that have happened, Phil, but how crazy is that? I actually thought about this today like like Phil did. And it's like, huh, remember when Russ thought he was better than Pete? And remember when Pete thought he was better than Russ? And remember when neither one of them won anything? Because I do. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks flees to the Broncos. The contract was a horrible decision by George Payton. The, the trade giveaway, that was a lot, right? And I was the first to say, it, it's fine. Take it all. Um, because, one, I, Drew Locke, whatever, Shelby Harris, whatever. Um, some of those things, the, the draft picks, those are tough. We all know those things. Uh, but, man, neither one of them really found success. And that's kind of odd, right? We look at Bill Belichick. We look at Tom Brady. Tom got the last laugh, if you will, going to Tampa and uh, having the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you will. But it's it's odd when you start to reflect, is Pete Carroll being out as the Seahawks head coach? What kind of role do you think Pete Carroll is going to be in? Kind of like one of those Gary Kubiak advisory-esque roles, work from home. I mean, I don't exactly see Pete Carroll. I don't like him either as a work from home type guy. I mean, he's got to chew gum and clap at somebody. Yeah, I, I think he'll be – I think he'll move on somewhere else if he still wants to coach or do something else. I don't think he's going to stick around in Seattle as an advisor, maybe for a season, if if that. But if he's out, I mean, he might get some. Uh, he might, you know, some of these teams might want to bring him in as some something else, you know, more than an advisor. So it's odd, and it would be. I mean, if Russell Wilson went back to Seattle, and they he could do it because he has all this money, and they gave him a, you know, he got went back on a cheap deal. That that would be like. Uh, uh, you know, the nail in the heart of Broncos fans after this whole debacle for him to go back to Seattle. Oh, no, they play, wouldn't care. Especially they if wouldn't he care. plays at a decent level. No, dude, he's done. He's done. He's done. I wasn't willing to say it last year. He's done. He's he's not going to well, play. He'll be playing next year somewhere. Yeah, but he's going to be losing. He'll be losing. He'll win a game. You know, okay. He'll Cool. Do, do we want a quarterback that could just win a game? Uh, you know, it's you're like, look, Russell Wilson can't play in Sean Payton's offense. Russell Wilson can't play. He can't play a winning brand of football. He has to have circumstances be perfect around him right now. Man, it's gonna sting. It's gonna sting. These these financial ramifications, the the search, the hunt, they're directly related. But I think Broncos country should be excited. Look, it's it sucks. To be in this position right now, it sucks. However, you have a lot of resources if you're the Denver Broncos. You have a lot of money. You have some limited picks. I thought they had five, so I must be mistaken. I heard you say they uh, had six. They I'll have look it up. They have I between be five and I six picks. They have the first round pick at the number 12 spot overall. Then they have the third round pick via the New Orleans Saints. That was in the Sean Payton trade. The fourth round pick via Miami in the Bradley Trubb trade. The only pick that they own of their own other than the first round pick is in round five. And then in round six, they acquired that one from San Francisco for Randy Gregory. So I had a total of five. Maybe I was mistaken. I think they have uh, I think they have two fifth rounders. I think they got one in that New My York bad. Jets trade. So, yeah, Jets, but I mean, if it, what was that if, trade? Was that in the draft last year? I can't remember. Yeah, that. I there was when they went, they got uh, I think there was a trade with uh, for Jake Martin. Remember Jake Martin? They traded they brought him in. I think they swapped picks. Yes. OK. Uh, yep. You're exactly right. Yep. That makes sense. So, look, they've got some limited draft capital. They've got some lim limited cap space maneuverability, if you will. Um and they've got a hunt. Again, you're looking at these guys right now early, right? The guys everybody knows about, what, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, especially after the college football playoffs just wrapped up, right? And then as if the college football playoffs aren't enough drama every single year uh, today, Nick Saban has to go and retire. <laughs> at the same age, Pete Carroll was forced out at 72. So, how about that, Tom? We have some Crimson Tide fans in the house here on MHI. Uh, who yeah. takes that Alabama job? I mean, are you looking at like a, a 
uh, Kirby is Kirby going to go there? Coach Prime going to leave Boulder? I mean, you're going to get man, Jim Harbaugh. Are you going to get a Harbaugh down there? No. I mean, I thought he was going to come to maybe Las Vegas or you know, like you've got so many coaching vacancies. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen with some of them, man? What do you think is a good job? <laughs> oh wow, I don't know. Give me a good job. Uh, you got Carolina you... or Las Vegas. Those are two Big jobs up. I would stay away from. <laughs> Big for up. sure. But um, you know, you don't you don't know about the uh the Washington, you know, what happens there if something if that comes open, uh I don't think I've heard uh, it's open, but you know, with a new owner there might be all right. But yeah, Washington, I mean, yeah. Ron Rivera got fired. Oh, he did. I missed that, man. Oh, hell I was yeah. So yeah busy this week, I I missed. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. He's, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's but, he's out. What you got Vrabel out. You've got the Raiders. I saw Antonio Pierce. Um, the Titans requested permission from the Raiders to talk to Antonio Pierce. Would it not be the most Raider-esque thing? And then why would you do that if you're the Titans? I figured you'd want to go offense if you're getting rid of Mike Vrabel, but uh, it kind of feels like move. not a parallel move because Vrabel has a little bit more pelts on the wall, if you will, than an Antonio Pierce, but they seem like they have similarities. So that's odd, but there's so many vacancies, right? I mean, the Seahawks now, who saw that one coming? Yeah. I mean, I think every year this is the league of parody. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to go to Alabama. He's going to stay at Michigan if he stays in college, but you know, he might jump to the NFL uh, I don't know. I mean, if if you're a, a big name college coach now, and I think this, I mean, I think Nick Saban maybe has got tired of it. Like you, you used to be able to recruit whoever you wanted, and now you got all this nil money. People are, you know, going. That's exactly money, it, Tom. right? Like it's not the same. It's not the same dynamics of when. Well, you can't uh, cheat when... anymore if you're Nick Saban, <laughs> right? You you said it. The NIL deal. You can't pay kids under the table anymore, right. David, like you used to. Now they get paid over the table, right? Yeah. Like you're exactly right. It's a different climate. And it's so funny that you say that. And it's an interesting theory and a different perspective than I had. Um, I figured, man, 72, like, yeah, maybe you want a break because sometimes coaches want breaks. You look back in NFL and college history, they take some time off. Gary Kubiak, uh, Broncos country, you know that. Like you see some things come full circle sometimes. However, it's odd when you look at social media and you see Coach Prime saying college football forced my guy Nick Saban out. It's a different time. It's a different culture. Yeah. Like we need to look in the mirror as college football representatives and ask what's going on. That to me was like, whoa, what's going on? What's what is going on? I don't know. I'm here's the thing. I'm not a college football fan. I like football. I will watch football. I appreciate college football. I evaluate the draft every year. I'm around these prospects. The problem is, I think a lot of times we as human beings translate automatically college football to the next level. That success is going to be very natural. When in reality, Tom, you talk probabilities. It's not. It's not natural. I named off how many? Six, seven quarterbacks and maybe two of them. Maybe two of them will have strong, successful NFL careers. Maybe. Well, yeah, and you think about like all these college teams. I mean, they've got what ninety players on their team, and uh, you know that's a I don't know how many thousand that is across the college uh, football, you know, landscape. But only a few of them actually make it in the NFL. So, in in a lot, and some of them are you know not even drafted. Some of them you know just go off and do their own job. You know, they have to go find a job. So, there's a huge level of talent difference when you go to the NFL. And then on top of that, some of these players, they don't know how to work hard, right? Like, and they have to learn it. Some of them have Jerry to learn Judy. it Jerry because Judy. They're, they're used to their talent level being enough. And when you get to the NFL, everybody's talented. So you've got to learn how to work hard. You've got to be smart. You've got to do that extra piece. And some players can't do that. They don't know how, or they, they no. aren't willing to put it in and the effort or whatever it may be. There's a lot of reasons why people fail. And then there's injuries that just ruin their careers. Right. So there's a lot of reasons for why people fail. So it's, uh, you know, the, the draft is not a fail safe, you know, it's uh, it's a definitely a hit or miss probability. And you're right. And you know who I thought of when you were describing level of maturity, work ethic, uh, the overall approach. I mean, you know who I thought of was Marvin Mims. Sean Payton loves Marvin Mims, Tom. Yeah. Like he he's given pro bowler Marvin Mims, by the way. How pro about bowler. that? That's right. right. Like yeah, you can't take that away from him. 
and, and I like Marvin Mims. I think you like Marvin Mims. Is there tons of things for Marvin Mims to approve upon? Yes, a thousand percent. I think he'd be the first to tell you. But he seems like he seems like in just a snapshot of a rookie year, like that type of rookie that you're describing, that type of teammate, that type of player, that type of man. And Sean Payton doesn't just throw out compliments. Um, he's been very complimentary of Marvin Mims, talking about Marvin's thirst for knowledge, if you will, just wanting to sit under the knowledge tree and, and try to pick Sean Payton's brain offensively. And I think that's commendable. I think it's a, a really good sign for Broncos country when you're starting to look at the future. But I wanted to look ahead to Pearl Heater's comment here saying in the press conference, the Broncos said that they have a plan. Ah, I'm not falling for it. My feeling is that they do not. Uh, and look, I don't think they do yet either. And to that, I say, that's okay, Pearl. You're, you're in the camp of Tom right now. That's saying the Broncos, they don't have a plan and that's an issue. You guys are right. That is an issue. If they don't have one, I don't think they, they do. Why would they? This season just ended. The dust hasn't even started collecting on lockers over there. You don't even know who's going to be on the coaching staff, let alone in the front office here in the next two weeks. Sean said, I wanted to take a week off and then we're going to come back. And Look, Pearl, Broncos country, you guys are the smartest fan base in the league. You know PR speak when you hear it. You can even hear Sean Payton's tone change a little. I mean, it's you. he's very transparent, Tom. You said it. I mean, even with what he does should say, people understand Sean's message, his delivery. He's a very bold guy. I, I like him a lot. But I, I don't know that they should have a plan today. I don't think they know who's going to be in the building next week, two weeks from now. You got to slow down a little. You got to stop being so reactive. It's one thing Sean Payton talked about was settling down himself. And I thought one thing was very revealing and a true measure of humility was Sean Payton came through. In that press conference, Tom, he said, I need, I need to have my eyes checked in response to someone asking, how can you improve? And he said, no, really, I need to have my eyes checked or, or have eye surgery. I called a play I shouldn't have called, and that was pretty embarrassing this year. And I thought, wow, that, that does sound pretty embarrassing. Super Bowl winning head coach, Mr. Know-it-all, and you're calling the wrong plays because you didn't see it right or you know, your emotions got away from you, whatever. I thought it was revealing. I thought it was measured. I appreciated it. But I don't know that they should have a plan right now. If they had a plan and they were ready to execute it here in January 2024 for something that's going to happen this spring, that would worry me. Well, the problem is, is they really don't have the ability to have much of a plan. I mean, when it comes to free agents and building the team, I mean, their plan really kind of boils down to they're going to have to go with the people they've drafted because – Think about it. They're gonna. They're losing their ins. Before they even talk about trading players and restructuring players and releasing players to get under the cap, they've got their starting inside linebacker is gone. Their kicker is could be gone. Uh, defensive lineman starter probably gone. Safety probably gone. Fullback probably gone. Center probably gone starting cornerback probably gone starting tight end probably gone these are holes that they've got to fill and they need to get younger so and then you go into start talking about okay well maybe we can trade simmons to go get some draft capital that means your starters on paper are delaren turner yell and jl skinner probably unless caden sturdens comes back and is healthy right and then your defensive line you look at that dj jones is probably He's probably going to be released. He's he has to be for cap reasons. You got Henningson and Harris uh, with with Zach Allen. I mean, does this give you confidence going the season that wow, this is going to be a really solid uh, improved? No, but it's doesn't. But it's January, Tom. Like, no, but it doesn't. What, I mean, I, the thing of it is, though, what, I, what I'm saying is they really can't do a whole lot. Is uh, that's what I'm saying? So when you look but at those, this have been the same paper, problems. Those how are, how are they going to improve this team is what I, I guess that's my question. When you look at the moves that they have to make, say they don't have a plan, but they put together this great plan. They still have to make these moves. They still right. have to make and they can't, these moves. But they can't fix everything in one year. Do you expect them to go to the Super Bowl next year? Because I don't. No, I think they're going to be worse next year. I think they're going to take a step back next year. Because Russell Wilson's not here? They're no, gonna because they're going to have so many holes on their team that they're going to have to fill with young players that aren't experienced and aren't as good as the players that they had in there but this year. But think about while it. They, while they develop. 
Are they really that worse off? I mean, you don't Josie think it's Jewell, a downgrade? Josie from Jewell, I hate to tell to you. Josie or from Simmons to Delaney and Turner Yell, you don't think that's a downgrade? That's a huge downgrade. Alex Singleton has come in here and outplayed Josie Jewell. Think sure, about sure, that statement. Absolutely. For, think about that statement. The outlaw, right? Oh, yeah. We love Josie Jewell, Mr. Iowa, Nick Kendall. Uh, look, Josie Jewell's a nice player. I don't know that I need to have him in the future. You, let's talk about the defensive line. You have the same problems that you've always had. Where is the dominant defensive lineman? You haven't had him. So right. it's not like it's going to sting so much more. You still don't have him. You go and you pay him and you don't have him. You overdraft him. You don't have him. I mean, in one sure. sense, I don't know how you want to fix it because it's hard to hit a playmaker you, in any draft. That's what but I'm saying. By that same can't. stance, you can't be gun shy. You've got to figure, you got to try. You got to, you sure. got to try and maneuver sure. a little. I just don't know if I'm going to shed tears if Josie Jewell leaves. No, I don't I'm not, know. If, I'm not shedding it. I'm just, what I'm saying is they, they don't have enough firepower to fix it, is what I'm saying. They're going to have to take some major hits. On this fix it when by and, next year though what's your when fix it when like tell me your uh, well, measuring it's going to take at least two years to get enough Agreed. back that you can have yes. a team that can win at least two years so that's three years I agree. down the road it, but in the biggest reason right now well is because their their cap situation they can't just go out I, I know the cap you know if you got plenty of cash you can manipulate it and everything but you you can't push everything down. The, you're you're going to end up like the Saints uh, when Sean Payton left, right? If you keep pushing stuff down, they need to take they need to take their pill and swallow it right now. And I don't think they're going to have enough draft capital, and they're not going to have enough free agency capital to fill the holes. They're going to be playing players who were not as good as the players that were starting this year, and they're going to take a step back unless Sean Payton somehow has this uh, great coaching ability that's able to coach them to be a better team than they were this year. I just, I think they're going to take a step back because they just don't have the ability to fill those holes with better players or equivalent players. Phil McLaughlin weighing in on the Alabama job, probably uh, Sweeney Kiffin or Sarkeesian for Alabama. I'm sure that news will be coming soon. I'm sure Alabama knows all about it. I wouldn't be surprised maybe if uh, Saban was in on that. Tom, just to circle back, you're exactly right, man. I think you're looking at a two-year fix, really. I mean, it's been two years with Russell Wilson, but Sean's first year hasn't even eclipsed yet, believe it or not. I mean, the season is over, yes, but I think you're going to see significant changes. Uh, Sean Payton's not a patient guy. I think that's one thing that even the folks that don't like Sean Payton should at least respect about him. I think he's going to be bold. I don't think he wants to be patient. I think he's going to try to take some risks. Now, I don't think they're all going to pay out for him, but uh, look, I, there are so many holes. You're exactly right, Tom. There are so many holes, and I don't have the answers to all of them, and, and nobody does, but I think taking some time away and getting away from that building and maybe getting out of your own way for Sean Payton is the responsible thing to do. It's one thing I got to try to do, right? Is be a little bit more measured and not make decisions in the moment so much. Um, Sean's needs to do that. I think he cares so much and he's so bold and charismatic that at times it's reckless. It definitely comes across that way at times. Sometimes it's inappropriate, whatever I got to say. Uh, but I think they'll formulate a plan. I do. I think he respects George Payton. Now, whether or not George should still be here, we could debate that all we want, but it don't matter. The only guy who has the final say is the guy who signs the checks. And <laughs> if that guy's okay with George being here, then damn it, George is going to be here. I do think Sean will lean on George in the draft. I have no clue of what George Payton likes in the draft, folks. None. I know he likes cornerbacks. I know he likes defensive backs. He loves them. He'll tell you about them all day, every day. Yeah, the premium position, cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. I have no clue what George Payton, the scout, the talent evaluator, likes in a quarterback. I have no clue what Sean Payton, the head coach, likes in the quarterback. That's the exciting part for me right now, Tom. I'm trying to be a little more optimistic and say, well, the Broncos get to hunt for a quarterback we get to shop for one maybe it's one of these rookie quarterbacks that are lighting up our highlight reel every night here in january 2024 
Yeah, well, I mean, the the biggest question is who's going to be the quarterback, and if that quarterback's going to be better than than what they put out on the field this year. I mean, if they have a better quarterback, things can can uh, start to have a glimmer of hope. And if it happens to be a young rookie, that's even better, right? If they happen to hit on a young rookie, um, you know, that's going to turn things around a lot faster. But if they go out and try and get somebody like Jameis Winston or somebody like that, I mean. As their quarterback, I don't have much faith that this thing's going to be uh, going to be turned around anytime soon. So, uh, but they've got to take swings. They've got to go to the draft and, and they've got to take a swing at it. They've got to draft. They, they have to draft key positions to get younger on this team and prepare for the future. They they have to because they they have a lot of older players who uh, just are really on the downside of their career or go are going to be soon. They they've got to get younger. No, I don't want any of them. You got what? Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor. Um, yeah. And on Sam top Darnold. of that, you're bringing those guys in. Now you, I mean, you've got Stidham, you've got your dead cap hit in the quarterback position with Russell Wilson. Then you got to pay them to bring them in too. You're going to have a lot of money tied up in crappy quarterback play. Hey, you could go get Jake Browning. Huh? You could go get Jake Browning. Uh, no, it'll be cool to check out the playoffs this weekend, right? Obviously, wish the Broncos were a part of it. They did improve, though. There were some improvements. It wasn't good enough. Uh, but I'm excited that, it, hey, at least we know who the head coach is. The quarterback thing, yeah, we got to figure that out. The owners, we know who the owners are. We got two out of the three. <laughs> figure it out here if we want to simplify it, really, right? You need all three. You need the quarterback, the head coach, and you need ownership. Mike Edel weighing in, $10 super. Thank you for the generous support and joining MHI. Hey, Luca Thomas, I wonder about the money, speaking of ownership, that the Broncos ownership has. I think they can pay players up front without stretching the cap. People like them don't want to own a loser. Uh, go MHI. Mike's exactly right, man. He the the Walton Penner ownership group have sunk a ton of money, invested a lot, uh, paid a lot to be in this position of Broncos ownership. Sooner or later, they're going to want to return on their investment. Uh, what do you think of Mike's theory here about trying to front load contracts a little bit to get out from underneath the cap and the severity of the Russell Wilson fallout? Yeah, well, the problem is they can't front load it this year because they're so far under over the cap now, and they're going. You know, they're going to have to make moves to get under. They're going to have to load all of these uh, free agents down the road with big hits. Is the problem? So maybe they can come up with some sort of solution. You know, where they keep from getting, but the the cap comes back around. It will hit you one way or the other. You're gonna you're either gonna get hit now or you're gonna get hit later. And it does come back around. Now you can move money around. You definitely can. And they can, they can go out and get a couple free agents. They can give them a low, you know, uh, first year amount and then, you know, move that out. But at some point that does come back to bite you at, you know, in a couple of years, you're going to have this massive cap problem, which is what happened in new Orleans. Sean Payton got himself into a massive cap problem, trying to chase that super bowl before uh, drew Brees retired and then when it was like it all came to uh, a head and they're like, wow, uh, this is all coming uh, coming down to us. You know, he he uh, he retired or, or went and took a break. But it you does come back. Though, there were some there were some questionable calls from the league against good old Sean and Drew's teams back then. I mean, like I that's kind of where I like it. Right. The no risk, it, no biscuit Bruce Arians thing. Like I'd rather go all in and lose than never to try to play the game. Oh, sure. Um, you get burned for sure, and it hurts. You're exactly right, Tom. There are ramifications to, to just about everything. Mike, thanks for joining the show, man. Really, really appreciate it. He's doubling down. Um, I'm talking about signing bonuses. Yep. Everything goes against the cap. cap. So, they, yeah, yeah, it's not like those That's are. That's why they're in the problem with Russell Wilson. They have, they have this huge signing bonuses that he gave out, and now when they cut him, it all comes up right now. It, right they, if they cut him in before June 1st, it's 80 some million dollars. That's because of all the bonuses and everything kind of comes to a head now. So uh, everything that they pay these players pretty much goes into the cap and you can either stretch it out or you can front load it. But either way, you're you're still going to get dinged on the cap at some point. I'm going to ask you a simple question, Tom, and I need a simple answer. Do you trust, <laughs> do you trust Sean Payton? No, I don't. I, not after the debacle that I saw in in the Patriots. I just I, and I just don't feel like he motivates the team well enough, and I I feel like he's lost 
he's uh you know he's he's not he's still trying to play the old school way that he played before and maybe the game has kind of moved on i don't know i don't i don't trust him as a person you know that but as a coach <laughs> well, i'm having a I'm hard not, having a hard time i'm not time. saying you, i'm not saying you need to have him over for a sleepover <laughs> or anything but no i think that's fair and i'm not even gonna i i think that you're very valid and you for weeks now and even months as long as we've been doing the show together you've given your areas of concern i've given my areas of support and why i do think sean payton's the man now you say you don't trust him that answer is no how about this could sean payton earn your trust back uh, yeah, I mean, if he can uh, go make the right decisions and and coach the, you know, not make huge mistakes on the field, then yeah, maybe. But I got to see the results because right now the results from this year, I know Russell Wilson is is part of the problem, but Sean Payton had his own problems. The results on the field show it. I mean, I know that he reproved this team three games, but like I said early in the show, two other head coaches, new head coaches improved theirs a heck of a lot more, and you paid a ton to get Sean Payton for three games from his own words, the worst coaching job you ever seen. And by the way, it's pretty much the same roster and it was healthy all year. I, I figured a bigger improvement would happen. I, and I, I didn't see it. I, I just didn't see it. And I didn't see the, the motivation out there. When I was watching that Patriots game, I was like, this team, do they even want to go to the playoffs? Because it looked terrible. I started to buy in. I thought that they were playing well, but I think, some of that just kind of fizzled away. It wasn't sustainable. So that's that's the the problem I have. Sean Payton, if he can if he can coach like he was able to in New Orleans, which I think I missed some of that. Seeing early, you know, when he was coaching in New Orleans, I thought he was a better coach than he was when he was here at the Broncos. Now talent fixes everything. They can get talent on this team. A coach can, you know, do a lot better, but I just wasn't impressed with, I just expected more. I just wasn't impressed with it this season. That It just didn't impress me at all. I think Sean would agree with you on a lot of areas there. He came out and said it wasn't good enough. He was asked about that. You know, what would, what would you, how would you evaluate this year? And he said, I'd evaluate it as eight and nine. Anyone who knows football, any other head coach would evaluate it as eight and nine. Not good enough. And I think he's embarrassed by it. I think that some, maybe he needed this, Tom. How about that? Maybe you need a little humble pie. We all need a slice from time to time. Knock us off our maybe. horse, especially, especially me. Uh, Mike Edel coming in, a $5 super. If Russ is, thanks, Mike. Really, really appreciate you, man. Triple crown here. If Russ is that much against the cap, why don't we keep him in quarterback purgatory until he changes his mind or midseason trade him? That's an interesting theory, too, Mike. You're trying to look at the both sides of things, and anytime you're trying to make a decision, Tom, as you know, you make decisions, big, important decisions every day, whether it be in your personal life, in business. Um, everything has a consequence. There are ramifications. But in order to make a decision, you truly need to evaluate all of your options, even if evaluating and looking at an option that isn't your favorite, right? It's not preference number one. You need to go and explore that. That's what Mike is doing here. Here's the thing. Russ has made it clear he doesn't appreciate what the Broncos have done to him. <laughs> the Broncos are going to be paying him. He cannot appreciate it as much as he wants. He's going to be a richer man at the end of the day for it. Did the Broncos have the right to ask him to restructure? Yes. Did he have the right to say no? Yes. It's not going to work. Russ and Sean, they, the Broncos, it's not going to, it's done. It's done. You can't put that toothpaste back in the jar, the tube, so to speak. The Seahawks, he's not going back to Seattle. That's done too. You're exactly right, Tom. We've said it on the show for weeks now. Russ will be playing football on another team next year. He might even win a few games. That will happen. Russ's NFL career is not over. But the Broncos, they, they've got to walk with a limp, so to speak, right, Tom, for the next couple of years. You're going to learn to adjust. You're going to have to get a cane. You're going to have to get some mobility, band-aids, something, man. But you're going to be walking with a limp for a little bit. Doesn't mean you can't live. Doesn't mean you can't thrive. Yep. But it's going to sting. Yeah, and there's a lot of money issues too by keeping him around. So if you don't want him, if you if you just don't see him as the future, you're just you're just going to have to take and bite the bullet right now. You just have to because there's uh, I mean there's no other way around it. You you're if you're moving on from a team, you pull the bandaid off now and you move forward. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna sting next year. I think it's gonna. I mean I could be wrong, but I think it's gonna sting really bad next year. Um, they'll spread it out over two seasons. They have to, because there's no way they're going to take 
80 million cap hit now when they're already 20 million over. I don't that they would have to just gut the team in order to get under the cap. So they're going to they're going to do a post June 1st uh, release and uh, they're going to take two big cap hits and they're just going to move on. And next like I said, this and and George Payton even came out and said it. He said we're going to be very quiet in free agency this year. And it's not because they don't want to uh, or that they want to. They have to. They have to be very quiet. George, they don't George, have the money. George has to be quiet in general. Nobody you know, <laughs> like George has to raise his hand when he talks over there in, in, in Broncos land, as John L.A. would say it. I mean, seriously, I'm being facetious. I like George Payton, the, the talent evaluator in terms of college in the, in the draft. I can't. He missed on a lot of guys that I really loved. Right. And vice versa. But um it's just man it's frustrating when you look at some of his free agent decisions um well we'll see right what's going to happen with the quarterback drama here in denver we don't know we can wake up tomorrow and there'll be new headlines it feels like that's kind of uh a new culture or a sustained culture the last five six years out here in broncos country but i surmise that the sean payton russell wilson drama will continue especially as the playoffs continue this week, Super Bowl, Radio Row, sometimes those secrets, headlines get leaked. Do not surprise if be surprised if you hear about them. Uh, check Tom out on Friday mornings. He's got legends. He will take you through his latest edition. And then check out our guys, Dylan Von Arks and Ron White on Saturday night, OBV. Tom and I will be back on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Mountain. Stay locked on to milehighhuddle.com for all of your Broncos news and analysis. Follow Tom on X at Thomas Hall NFL. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. We'd also appreciate a follow on the pod at MHI underscore pod. Michael Rinkio, a gentleman as always. Great show tonight, Tom and Luke on the Mile High Insiders. Go Broncos. We appreciate you, Michael. Broncos country, here we go. The offseason. This is the way. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.